what is your thought process on becoming a jack of all trades and then mastering all of those trades? Um, well, the first thing is I will jump onto a project and I will focus solely on that project. Uh, I've boiled it down to basically this. I believe that. What's up, fighters? We got an interview today with W. Bud Evans. He is a former Air Force officer. He's a former police officer. He has been doing flips and he's also big on the bird strategy. He's also been a police officer, a restaurateur, a former mayor. He's done economic development. He's been a hockey coach. He's been a program manager and he has his MBA as well as being a husband for 30 years and raising a kid now who's doing impactful work as an ICU nurse. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to talk to him. But one thing I got to talk to him about it, I want you to tune in for is he says that he's a jack of all trades and a master of all of them as well. And I think that's something that you and I can both do. And that's what we're going to dig into today. Enjoy the episode. Good job. All right. <laughs> What's up, fighters? We've got, got another great guest today. Uh, we've got a, a good friend, uh, Mr. W. Bud Evans. And Bud and I connected through, uh, again, another member of Military to Millionaire and uh, a heavy hitter, shall we say. He's one of those guys who sits in the dark and doesn't say anything until you can't see it coming. And he hits you with some amazing wisdom. So let's get into it. Bud, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Oliver. It's good to be here. Good, man. Good. I'm, I'm excited to have you here, as you know, you could already, already tell. And I told you about this before we got on. But Bud says a lot of crazy stuff. Bud's got a lot of stuff going on in life. Like, as you could tell from the intro, Bud has done a shit ton in, in his life. And I'm going to go through it a little bit. I Like, I had to create a list just to get all the stuff that Bud has done. So we're going to hit that list right now. Where is my list? Okay, here we go. So Bud has been a u.s air force officer he's been a police officer he's a former mayor a restaurateur an economic developer a hockey coach and a player i'm assuming just strictly from him and under the understanding the game a project manager he has his mba he's also an investor in real estate specializing in flips and the burr strategy for commercial and residential properties and he teaches people how to build generational wealth through real estate and he's been married for 30 years which is an accomplishment in itself and he's ready to raise the kid who's out here doing positive stuff as an ICU nurse in the community. Bud is an absolute beast. And before we get into one of the key things that he he says that I'll, I'll tell you guys in a bit about being a jack of all trades and a master of all of them as well, I want to let Bud have the floor for a little bit to talk about who he is, what he does, and then we're going to dive into his story and then we're going to talk about the master of all trades, the jack of all trades and master of all trades. But Tell me about yourself, man. Tell the listeners and viewers about who you are. Yeah, man, there's really not too much more that I can go into than you already have. I did 13 mm. years as a cop. I am a Mustang, so I did uh, 19 years enlisted and then did another 15 because, you know, it wasn't enough punishment. Did another 15 as a commissioned officer in the Air Force. Uh, I was the mayor of Cinnaminson, got heavily involved in economic development there. We did a few things uh, in over 55 community, built seven buildings at once, uh, brought in a brand new supermarket, uh, kind of a combination Walmart slash Target, uh, a couple of pad sites there, developed a storage facility, uh, and it's a small community. So uh, our business model, our business plan for the township was to increase revenue, increase rateables, uh, keep taxes, uh, property taxes level over the course of uh, my, my tenure. And uh, as as of this recording, it, I haven't been uh, in on committee since 2018, and we haven't had a property tax raise since I left. So 
Uh, obviously, the things that I decided to do worked, and the people that replaced me were outstanding in and of themselves. So they, uh, you know, they they uh, they just kind of carried on. Um, I'm a licensed agent, just partnered with a broker on a property management company. Uh, we're sure. we're taking that off and probably jumping into uh, full steam ahead around October 1st. Uh, I got a couple of things I can't talk about yet because we haven't really introduced those. Uh, working with Tarek Al Musa as well who is on HGTV. I do some coaching for him. Uh, we're working on a new program for him as well. Uh, underwrote about $100 million in deals, creating a personal real estate portfolio of about $10 million. Uh, and that's all under Aim High Properties, which is a, uh, we operate eight subordinate companies. And that's from, you know, portfolios to property management all the way out to, we actually have a hair salon. Um, and I haven't been doing this for that long. What the hell? <laughs> It's only been, All right, so... been about <laughs> October 2018. I really jumped into this. Uh, January, I got my first flip under contract. January 2019, and I've been going since. All right, so there's a lot to dive into there. First of all, obviously, I'm gonna have to redo this intro. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna definitely have to redo the intro. I missed, <laughs> I didn't know anything about the project management. I didn't know anything about the hair salon. All those that anyway, neither here nor there. Right, we'll we'll address that later. Now. Um, Bud, you've done all this stuff. Let's talk. Let's dive into your military career and then how you kind of, and we'll touch on how you got to each of those as we go along so we can get as much of the scope of your story as possible because you got a lot to happen. So I imagine we'll go over normally the 15 minute time frame. But nonetheless, I want to talk about it because this is fascinating to me that you've done all this stuff coming out of the Air Force. I don't know if there's, they got some kind of different training in the Air Force than they do in the Army. But Jesus, Lord Christ, I don't know how you're doing all this. So let's start from the jump. How did you get into what made you go into the Air Force? How did you feel about your decision? And then what was that transition like? And then what was their first step for the transition? Yeah. So uh, 1987, my parents got divorced. I realized I wasn't going to be able to go to college. Um, mm. It was my I was going into my senior year when they split up. Uh, so I went into the delayed enlistment program. I figured my uncle did it. He made chief. I'll give it a shot. So here I was, uh, 1987, I turned 18, and I my delayed enlistment, I actually signed the docs down at MEPS in Philly, uh, August of 20, of uh, yeah, 20, August of 1987, uh, wow. I was, uh, I was, I was on my way down to Lackland. Uh, it, you know, I, I did, I did some time down there, I did about three years um, active duty, uh, the Graham and Rudman came up with back in the day, you know, it was, we had these budget cuts, uh, similar, kind of, in a sense, similar to BRAC and realignment and all that stuff so it really kind of turned into a um uh, it was a blessing in disguise so i got I, I got offered palace chase or i could sign up for another uh four years well i didn't feel like staying at langley air force base for another four years man it was it was tough being an airman down there it was first tactical air command headquarters and every day i'm walking around like this you know because uh, I, I started out with no stripes man i started you know i was mm. at the at the bottom of the barrel as they say. Right. Uh, so I did that and, and then left uh, 1990, came back home, um, jumped around. I don't want to say job to job. I was doing all right. Uh, I was a waiter. I was working in a kitchen. I, you know, listen, you, you can tell by my description that I have my hands in a bunch of different pots all the time. Right. So I was, I was working as a valet. So I was running cars. I was in a kitchen uh, at a very fancy restaurant down at Rittenhouse Square. When I wasn't doing that, I was waiting tables at a at a high uh, high end restaurant here in Philadelphia. 
my wife was a well, she wasn't my wife at the time she was just my girlfriend um she was a hairstylist so you know it was what it was you know you wanted to make ends meet you had to hustle so um fast forward to 92 okay. uh, you know actually it was 1991 I had an opportunity to jump into a restaurant, so I did. Put up about twenty-five grand, jumped into a little Italian restaurant over here, a little trattoria is actually what it was, and uh, cooked some Mediterranean food for a couple of years. Failed miserably, um, <laughs> okay. lost my tail, and you know, hey, look, man, it's I consider that an education expense. You know, um, yeah. I lost about eighty grand overall, twenty-five thousand out of pocket, eighty thousand in unrealized losses uh, total, and then. Um, with 25,000, I had to pay back because that I actually took a loan on that. Wow. Uh, so that uh, huge learning lesson. And I had really no place to go. And one day I got a phone call out of the blue from a buddy of mine because, you know, military, that's it's your network. And he said, hey, man, um, there's a police department around here that's hiring. If you're interested, you got to fill out your application by today. So I did. I got hired. That was 1993. And uh, yeah, man, did that for about 13 years. 9-11 happened. Wow. I uh, got deployed a few times, uh, went back in 2004 as an air, uh, basically active duty with the guard, AGR, and uh, stayed there until 2021. Uh, made it to master sergeant, had a sniff at senior, and then decided to put on second lieutenant because why not? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Holy smokes. Okay, so good God. Man, so you have definitely run the gamut, and it's it's interesting that you're AGR. That's a very, um, very well kept secret. I'm AGR as well uh, in the army side of it, and uh, I imagine the same issues that I run into is the same ones that you ran into with being an AGR officer. You get tied to units that are um, reserve in nature, and it's you and one other yeah. person, and y'all are doing it all. So I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I one hundred percent. I get it. So let's go. Let's talk a little bit about how you end up getting into the real estate game then, because you are doing all that you got deployed a couple times you were still an officer at what point did you yeah. start leaking into the real estate world yeah it's it's a funny story and at the same time it's a huge warning i don't know if people realize this or not but back in the 1930s apparently there was this thing where uh politicians were trying to force uh postal guys into uh voting for certain people and running for office so they they came up with this law called the hatch act or something like that but i ran for office and I went to the JAG and I said, Hey, look, I, you know, I'm not a resident of Pennsylvania anymore. I live over in Jersey. Is it okay if I run for local office over there? And I slid my paper across the, the table and they said, yeah, go ahead. Um, so I did two JAGs and one commander signed off on that paper and I ran for local office a year and a half and I won a year and a half later. Uh, I came back and I got a phone call at 10 o'clock on a Friday night saying, Hey dude, um, you're breaking a federal law, but uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, you can't be in public office. Oh. So I said, well, I have a document that says I was authorized um, right. by by two JAGs and a commander. And they said, well, you need to resign. Otherwise, I said, okay, great, I'll resign. <laughs> so Friday night, I, I, wow. I, I, no kidding, not only I made the phone calls that I needed to make, uh, put my deputy mayor in charge, made it official on Monday because that was the next meeting, and, uh, and then stepped down. Uh, turns out, you know, I was the right guy for the job at the right time, but was not really supposed to be in the position. Uh, did what I needed to do anyway. Right. Got it all taken care of. Uh, got into economic development while I was the mayor. And that's really kind of what sparked my interest in real estate. I had always thought about being in it anyway. 
But, um, you know, when, when I started doing things like planning, zoning, uh, and then the economic development committee and talking to people, storage guy had to bring it in a storage unit from outside. And here I was thinking, why not me, man? You know, uh, and a very good friend of mine who's still on committee now, his name is Al Segrist. He, I found out he didn't work. I'll make air quotes. He didn't work. Right. Um, he owned a few rental properties, one commercial with a couple of apartments upstairs, a, a quad, some other thing, a couple of singles. And that was it. He, he didn't work anymore. And I was like, yeah, all right, that's for me. Well, when they made me resign in, um, in July of 2018, I said, mm -hmm. all right, well, now I got 40 to 50 hours of my life back. Now I'm going to do what I thought about doing anyway. So I found a mentor. I signed up. Uh, October of 2018, September, it was late September when I signed up with the mentorship, but October is when I really started to kick it into high gear. November, I found my first property, went under contract, closed on that in December while I was sitting in Texas. Um, and then we, I closed on my first flip and then started construction in January. The end of January, I had my first flip and two rental properties under, um, under contract and under rehab. And it was on, man. Uh, next thing I knew, I had 10 wholesales, 30 flips, 21 rental properties in under two years. And <laughs> Love it. here we are now with eight companies and, you know, just buying, buying, buying. I don't flip that much anymore. I don't really care for it. I like to buy and hold. Uh, you and I had that conversation. Yes. Buy and hold is the move. That is, that is always the move, in my opinion. Everybody who's listened to the show has heard my horror stories with flipping. But um, it is definitely, in my opinion, the move, especially right now, because the market's going to turn. Um, not in a negative way, but just going to turn. There's going to be a big shift, in my opinion, particularly in multifamily real estate, uh, commercial multifamily, mm -hmm. neither here nor there. So let's um, let's talk a little bit more about your, you got a saying, and this to me is huge because I, I really enjoyed this when I when I read, when you read your bio, as well as, I, this is in your intro, it'll be in the new intro as well, but you say, I'm not just a jack of all trades, I'm a master of all of them. This is big because you hear we hear the jack of all trades, master none saying, and we all know there's a little bit more to yeah. that. But for you to be able to say that, my question is always when somebody's like, hey, I mastered it. Let's dive in and and let's break down how you figured out how to do that because of all the things you've done. That's obviously giving you a leg up as well as understanding that thought process behind that so that those who are watching and listening can do the same with whatever they're doing, be it military, be it real estate hopefully more real estate than military, but uh, no offense to the U S military. Just, I like you guys to be rich. Just as what it is. So uh, with that said, yeah. but how, what is your thought process on becoming a Jack of all trades and then mastering all of those trades? So I first keep it small. You heard the kiss rule. Everybody knows what the kiss rule is. Keep it simple, mm -hmm. stupid. Um, well, the first thing is I will jump onto a project and I will focus solely on that project. Uh, I boiled it down to basically this. I believe that in any company, you have four facets of any company. And as long as you concentrate on, and not one of them can be weak, right? So uh, I'm a big fan of the who, not how. So the first thing I do is I do a lot of research. I mean, I am a research junkie. Uh, the second thing that I do is integration, integration, integration. If I can get computer systems to work together, that's awesome. If I can get people to work together, that's even better. If I can get the systems and the people to work together, then that's the trifecta, man. You know, because then you've got... Input, output, and execution are all Absolutely. are all top notch. 
So uh, the four pillars, you've got your leadership chain, which is your integrator and your visionary. Uh, picture Steve Wozniak uh, as the integrator and Steve Jobs as the visionary, right? One person has the big scope, big picture. They're the person that goes out there and they're the ones who sell it to everybody. The integrator is the person who actually makes all the bells and whistles work together. Um, but you've got to understand both parts, right? So uh, as so the first the first portion of that is dealing with the leadership and then establishing the actual company itself. And the company is broken up into three parts. First one is sales and marketing. I don't care who you are. I don't care what business you're in. You are selling and marketing all the time. If you're not selling a product, you are selling yourself. If you are selling a service, you are selling yourself. So if anybody says, I am not a salesman, you are not going to be successful. So sales and marketing is, is the first section. Second section is operations. So sales and marketing, they goes out and they go out and they get stuff, right? They bring it in. Right. Operations makes stuff happen. So your operations can be broken down into however you want to split it up. We have a marketing company, we have a property management company. I'll just take the property management company because this is the, some, this is the thing that I'm really uh, diving into heavily right now. Your operations can be something as simple as uh, who is running your uh, your um, your maintenance requests, your vendor list, who is running um, all of the tenants are making phone calls to you and telling you that this is wrong, this is wrong, um, which we want, right? We want our tenants to call us and go, hey, listen, man, I heard this thing yesterday. I'm not sure what this is, but uh, I think it should be checked out. Uh, we work on a tenant management process, not a property management process. If we believe if we take care of our people, our people will take care of our houses and we don't have to worry about the houses as much. Um, that I can guarantee you this, man, like there will people, there are people that will not tell you that the fascia is falling off of the house. They just won't because it's not their house and they don't care. Right. My tenants call up and they go, Hey bud, listen, I'm looking at this thing and here's what I'm saying. And it doesn't look, it looks like it might fall down. Wow. Okay, great. I sent somebody out and it turns out we had a hole in the roof that was leaking in and, and the wood underneath the, the soffit was, was rotting. Um, so we went out and, and here's the other thing we take care of our operations takes care of the property, uh, because we are, we have a saying, we're all in this together. It's actually right. the company motto. Um, and that means that the investor, the project, the, the property manager, for lack of a better term, still tenant management and the, and the, the tenant they are we are all part of the same team. So it is not just a win-win. It is a win-win-win situation. So operations gets things done. And then last is finance. Finance is simply put, that's your accounting, but it's not just accounting. And people forget that it's your finance department that's supposed to take care of your key performance indicators, do all of your analysis and all of your forecasting. Where are we? Where, where were we? Where are we? And where will we be able to go in short succession if we execute? If any one of those things are weak, and you, you've seen it, I'm sure, you know, being a military guy, you've seen what happens when you get weak leadership. You get everybody, all the infighting starts to happen. But if you have strong leadership, that's awesome. But now let's say you have weak sales. Well, now your operations is strong, your finance is strong, but you have weak sales. Well, you're not getting enough to keep the operations guys happy and you're not, keep, you're not doing enough to, to keep the finance guys happy. If any one of the legs is, is bad, the stool falls over, right? So mm. operations is weak. Then you have all of these customers coming in. Your operations team can't handle it. Every, your, your clients start getting pissed off. They start taking off. And then you have your finance guys that are going, yo, dude, why are we losing people? Now you right. can't forecast effectively because your sales are going down or whatever it is. Uh, and last, if finance, if the first two are strong and your finance is weak, you got money just going out the back door. You have no idea where it's going. You're not accounting for it. You're just spending it. Just watch the profits go up, 
because it's not, you're not going to be making any money. Um, So that's the basis of kind of what I teach to my guys in, in our, in our program. Uh, but that's that's the first thing that I concentrate on each company that I develop. Then don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? You, as you're learning, dude, when when you're a baby and you stand up for the first time and you're holding on to that table, you fall, boom, right? First time I stepped on the ice with skates, boom, face plant, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I've been right coaching hockey forever, right? I, yeah, I, so I, every little kid steps on the ice, they fall on their face, right? Yep. They get up, some of them cry, you know, some of them shake it off. Within a couple of steps, man, I can have those kids skate. You know, it's it's not hard. They just got to be willing to stand back up again and, right. and drive, right? right? So we get into that grind aspect of it. Um, but yeah, you make mistakes until you stop making mistakes. And the, the goal is to not make the same mistake twice. Right. And if you do, change your system annotate everything, have standard operating procedures, you know, PPCs and SOPs, man, it's what we live by. Processes, procedures, checklists, standard operating procedures. Um, but I mean, man, that's, and that's kind of how we do it. And the other thing is this, mm-hmm. when I, so what, as I progress through a certain section, I will replace myself as quickly as possible. So I know everything that I need to do because I've done it. Not jacked it all up. I've screwed it all up and now I've gotten it right and I wrote it all down and I put it into the PPCs and the SOPs. And the next person that comes in, I don't hire people who don't know what they're doing. So we use a process called Buildium. It's a program called Buildium for our property management company. I didn't hire you know a $5 an hour employee to come in here and just, okay, here's Buildium, go, right? I, I said, okay, these are the processes that we use. If you need anything, here's the library on a Google Drive. But I, I'm hiring somebody who already has extensive experience in building them. So, uh, and that, that's what we did with that. Same thing with sales and marketing. I have a sales team. They're coming in. You know, um, I paid them a large money, amount of money up front to show me how to get those things working. And then our finance person, we have somebody who's coming in to do QuickBooks online and all that kind of stuff. So right. hired on the who, not how principle. Right. So now I have all the hows written down, but right. if they already know all the stuff and how the systems work, then all they have to do is learn my SOPs, not so much the processes. Right. That makes okay. sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. So really the gist of being the jack of all trade and a master all, all of them isn't just you mastering them yourself. It's you mastering the ability to help someone else to master that. So what happens is just like you That's said, right. you get into a business and you replace yourself as quickly as possible with another version of you who happens to be Tim Joe or Joe Snuffy, who we all love and, and mm-hmm. love to talk about. So Snuffy comes in and he becomes the new Bud Evans and he's leading, running the ship, leading the show. That um, that is that is amazing. And the fact that you have basically laid out those principles that anyone can follow and dive into is huge, I think, in my opinion, that's gargantuan. So with you doing all of this, how is it that you're, you're, you've developed these systems, you are going through all this, at what point on each one do you say, okay, I've got it, it's time to move on to another one? Is it when you replace yourself or is that a time frame that hits before you replace yourself and you say, okay, like you are now, you're like, hey, I got to replace myself. At what point do you say, all right, it's time for me to shift into the next, the next action, the next movement, the next business? Yeah. So there, there are a couple of things here, a few different uh, schools of thought. Uh, mm-hmm. First is if you're in like a service industry, like, I don't know, HVAC or con- construction or contracting, plumbing, electric, 
you should be making a certain amount of revenue before you actually uh, hire someone to replace you, hire another uh, person. I look at it from my perspective because even though we're in a service industry, I'm not running around. I can do everything from my desk. Right. Uh, occasionally, I, I, I got to get out of the office, man. You just got to see the sunlight, right? Um, <laughs> after working in a skiff for however long, you just oh, you, you just well, got to get the heck enough, out of it. Oddly enough, before you keep going, I work in a skiff. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't really want to come out the skiff. I am 100% lying. Keep going, <laughs> keep going bud. Keep going. <laughs> no windows, man. No windows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I try to get out of there as fast as possible. What I look for is uh, it, the sweet spot just before task saturation. Okay. All right. Okay. So I know that I'm dealing with, right. When, when you're a solopreneur, man, you are leadership, you are sales and marketing, you are operations, you are finance, you're doing it all yourself yeah. and you're watching your stress levels go up. And if you're doing it right, you're watching your business go up and you're watching your revenues go up. Right. Well, the first thing I did was I went out and I got an executive assistant, Ron, if, if you've watched my podcast or if you've seen my Friday live in the AMI, in the AMI REI, then you know everybody knows Ron, right? I also have Lay, who's a producer on the show, and she's also my marketing director. Um, first thing I did was I went out and I got myself an executive assistant, uh, and Ron took over my emails. He took over my all of the stuff that is just like ridiculously simple. He answers my phones. Uh, all the stuff that I don't have the time to deal with. If if uh, if something's important, I'm not kidding. It's this simple. If something's important, Ron, an email, he clicks the important star, right, on on my Gmail, and it immediately populates in both Asana and in an AI-based calendar called Motion. Well, it pops up on my calendar. I get these little gray lines. I'm like, oh, that must be important. Let me go check that out. Click, and I'll do that twice a day. I'll do that like 10 right before before my 11 o'clock meetings and about 2.30. Takes about 15 to 30 minutes tops. And I'll go through all those emails, return calls if I have to. Um, and, and that's it, man. That's So he took all that stuff off my plate um, for nowhere near what I make an hour. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you're going to pay somebody, if you're going to pay somebody five bucks an hour to cold call, if you're in real estate, yeah. and you're the one who's actually doing the cold call, if you're doing all the cold calling and, and somebody else can do that quality stuff for five bucks an hour, then you're, you're a $5 an hour employee in your own company. Don't waste your money. Hire somebody as quickly as possible. Get yourself out of that so you can concentrate on the bigger picture. Uh, that, and that's that's, that's kind of – that's so you, you. when I say master of all, yeah, I, I look at it more along the lines of the master's level of education than the mm-hmm. finance level So or the, than, the, uh, than the bachelor's level. Right. So you've got – I mean, look, man, industry, right? That's what that's – what, I don't care. Military, you know, law enforcement – or you're in corporate America, right? we're all based on the same tiered structure. Everything is a pyramid scheme. Anybody who tells you different is wrong. Um, you have your grunts who are in the trenches and they're doing all their stuff and they're led by a manager. You get a couple of those grunts, group groups of grunts, right? Platoon, mm-hmm. right? You got a platoon, you got a company yeah. commander, you got a, you know, you got your platoon leader, you got a company, you got your company commander, so on and so forth. So, and it, it all kind of flows up the hill. Well, the, the grunts are at the high school diploma level. Then you've got your platoon leaders who are at your bachelor's level. And then you've got your company commanders who are at your master's level. And they get to see a little bit more. When you get the brigade, mm-hmm. and you guys know this, you've got to have this strategic overview of all this stuff. And high properties is, I don't want to say it's a brigade because I don't have, you know, was it? 
a thousand people in a man. We're not that big, 10,000, right? 10,000 yeah. at brigade level, thousand at the company level. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the point Fair being enough. is that you want to get that bird's eye view and you want to be able to look down and you want to be able to manage simple tasks at a higher level, centralized command with decentralized control, mm-hmm. same thing, right? Same thing with your companies. Just make sure that everybody is on the same page all throughout the ranks. That's some Sun Tzu stuff right there, man. <laughs> High quality knowledge right there. That's a fact. That's a, it's, it's amazing you say that. My next question was going to be how much of the military experience have you transferred into your business? But based on how you're saying it and how you break it down, it's clear a lot of what the military has taught you um, being a military, be a police officer, I'm sure as being a former mayor, all that has shifted into what you do now. So with that in mind, let me ask you this instead, which yeah. one of those principles for each position that you, you fulfilled as a coach, as a, uh, as a, a nego- negotiating big deals, as a property manager now, as a project manager, as a former mayor, for each thing that you did, what was what's the one thing that you've taken and implemented into how you function now? Because there's a lot of stuff that comes with it, but normally there's like a key few things that just stick in your head and you just run with, and that helps you carry through. So what what are those things for you? I can give you three simple words. It's simply put, it's delegate, trust, and verify. Oh, my favorites. That's it, my man. favorites. I love it. Right, I love it. Yeah, because if you're if you're if you're micromanaging, then you you've lost you've lost your people. There, people do not respond well to that. They um, yeah. So, a couple of things that we do, uh, and I, I believe in it wholly. So, Tony Robbins has this disc profile, right? Okay. Uh, and it is just a personality. Problem. I'm not going to go deep into it. I will just tell you that it's worth the eighty one dollars um, to go out and get the disc profile test done, and find out where your people stand, and then find out you can find out from their questions, from their answers on that test, exactly how they like to be led and exactly how they don't like to be led. And you have to change your leadership style. And anybody who says, I treat all my people the same, you're a sucky leader. Mm-hmm. You're horrible. They just go away because there are people that need to be treated in a certain way. You have some people that are fantastic with numbers who are, maybe they're in a shell. Maybe they don't have an outstanding personality. Maybe their idea of personal contact is when they're walking down the hallway, they're looking at your feet instead of your face. Uh, Everybody's got a different personality style. Everybody's got a different learning style. Everybody's got to be led in different ways. So you've got to find out what each person is uh, more apt to open up about and how to get to them, uh, how to actually connect with them, Mm -hmm. and then use that to your ability so that you can connect with that person. You got to connect with everybody. There's always a way to connect with everybody. Uh, and, and if you're not doing that, you're, you're selling them and yourself short uh, versus the football player from, you know, the most popular kid in class who is, you know, six foot one, 230, pure muscle who has, you know, 4.0 and whatever. That guy's going to be pretty easy to deal with. You just go like, hey, dude, this is my goal. Go. Right. But these guys over here are, hey, man, this is the spreadsheet that we're looking at. Is there any way you can improve that spreadsheet? And they look at you like you know, kind of side-eyed looking at your knees <laughs> right. and you go, look, man, I, I want you to take this spreadsheet and nerd out on it. Have a blast. All I need to know is key performance indicators, this, 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 and this. Can you make that work? Right. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Mm. Let me, let me see what you got. You got a day. Is that enough time? An hour later, man, you're getting this seven page 
workbook of all these different spreadsheets showing you things that you never even thought were possible. And you're bringing that over to your finance department. They use maybe 10% of it because they don't get it. You get all the, all the ducks in a row, you get them all coordinated. And all of a sudden you have this forecasting system that is just like, you know, you, you see the trend, they'll show you six months out. Maybe you're going down a little bit, maybe you're going up a little bit, depending on, but taking each person, finding a way to give them the responsibility of doing what it is they're good at, trust that they're going to get that done and then verify that periodically. We, every week we do this, uh, it's an EOS model system where we do this level 10 meeting, where we go through this whole process, this specific agenda and how it's broken down. And we, we break that out and, and that's our verification system. Hey, are we on track? And that's it, man. Like, are we on track? Are we off track? What's going on? That's, um, I think that's, uh, that's, I'm trying, I'm having a hard time putting into words, but I, I think it's just the, the smartest move, particularly as a leader, um, just with using your team to succeed in your movement forward. And it's not about you having the idea. A lot of the times it's about them having the idea, because if you believe it or yeah. not, a lot of the people who are working in these businesses, you as an entrepreneur, you, you get this, bud, but like they want to be there. And they want to be there either when you inspire them, either they might be passionate about the job, whatever it is. So when you give them the opportunity to do something great, they normally take it and just it just takes off. They skyrocket with it. So I, I'm happy to yeah. hear that you that those things are the trust and verify and delegate are, are the move to you, because I think that's that's something I believe in, particularly as being a military officer now. That's huge for me. Um, and it's been huge. Yeah. For Oliver, me when's, I mean, how many times have you seen it where you're like, Hey, I need to get this done. Can you handle this? And you don't give them the use this, 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 you know, you don't give them a checklist. You just say, Hey, look, this is point A. I need yep. to get to point B. I understand yep. that you're an expert in that field. Can you make that happen? Yep. And then watch the fireworks, man. Yeah, that's the fact. And, and the key part I think to it is, is you ask, it's ask as a question. It's not provided as an instruction. It said, Hey, can you yeah. fix this slideshow? I, I'd want it to look like this, but I don't know if that's the right move. What do you think? And they will take it. And not only will they give you their thoughts, they're going to give you a 20 minute dissertation on the right way to do it versus the wrong <laughs> way to do it. Cause they've been doing it longer than you have any doggone way. So you're like, all right, well, you know, this is what we're going to do. But I, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. What you say is exactly the truth and it rings 100% true. Um, and I know we're tight on time. So, I'm going to guess we're going to ask hop on one more question and uh, we'll we're, damn it. We're going to have to have Bud again because Bud's just got so much. We're going to have to have Bud back on. But um, you have broken down your principles. You've broken down exactly how you go about um, b building your business and building out your business and knowing when to shift and all this great stuff. How have you mastered probably the most important part of your life and most important part of anybody who has a partner how have you mastered that so-called work-life balance? How have you maintained all these things and still maintain your positive relationship with your missus and a positive relationship with your son, who's, you know, I see, you know, so he's going to be busy all, all by itself anyway. How are you doing that for yourself and your family? Yeah, man. Anybody who says that there's such a thing as a work-life balance is not an entrepreneur. There is no such thing as a work-life <laughs> balance. You are working all the time. You are, and, and but guess what? You're also a family man all the time. So uh, a couple of different things. First, let, let me attack this at the source. Um, 
my wife is always right. The end. Like that's it. <laughs> right? I'm looking around. If make she sure wants, to, go, if she wants to go to Aruba. We're going to Aruba. Man. You right. know what I mean? It's like, Hey, um, she wants to go out to dinner on Saturday night and I've got something scheduled. Okay. Okay. I'll figure it out. You know? Yep. Um, yep. now in all honesty, man, you it's, it's this, uh, so I'm big on time blocking. I, you know, but, uh, I, I will, I, I take charge in a lot of things like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I was thinking for Saturday. What do you think? Hey, this is what I was thinking for this weekend. Hey, this is what I was thinking for that weekend. You know, we had an impromptu, Hey, uh, I, I, I need, I want to get out of town for a, a few days. You feel like going to Aruba for a week, you know? And, and her response was, can we be home by Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. No problem. Right. Um, <laughs> just make time for each other. Right. I mean, who's going to say no to that anyway, right. but in, in all reality, dude, here's the thing. When it all comes down to it, um, if I were to fail in every business that I have and live under a bridge, she would probably do it with me. Mm. Uh, you know, so I put a hundred percent trust in her. She puts a hundred percent trust in me. And if mm. we fail, suck it up. Right. Cause we, it's, it's just, it's move along. And I'm not going to say that we don't fight, we don't get loud and throw tables and stuff, but you know, um, it's just, it, it, when, when it comes down to it, you got to be willing to sit back and go, all right, uh, I'm losing my cool. This is on me. All right, right. I'm, I'm listening. Go ahead and talk. Uh, or I need a minute to process. Let me back away. Um, we'll pick this up in five minutes if that's okay, because I'm right now my brain is spinning and I, I'm not hearing what you're saying. And I don't know if you're hearing what I'm saying, but can we come back to this in a minute? And you know, um, that's just kind of it. Uh, the other thing is like my son called me today. He's like, Hey dad, I got tickets to the Phillies game on Wednesday. I'm like, all right. He goes, it's the Braves. I'm like, didn't need to say it was the Braves. You didn't, you want to spend time with the old man. I just blocked (laughs) off my calendar, man. It's good. Let's go. I love it. You know, he's 31. He's, his wife is in law school. He's an associate. There's an assistant director at temple now. So it's like, we don't have a lot of time to hang out, you know? So it's, you just, you, you do what you can. You know, same thing with like my parents, my dad's 80, uh, his family, his entire family, all of his friends, you know, they, they were in their seventies when they were all dying. Here he is, you know? Um, and I'm like, I don't know how many, I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to take my dad out to lunch again. Hmm. So instead of trying to figure out how many years he's got left and going like, well, I still have 10 years. I go, no, no, no. Here's the thing. And this is why, this is the importance of putting uh, time blocking. So I'll try to wrap this all up in, in, in a second here, but um, I look at this this way. If I can get what my dad just because he he's down in the Jersey Shore. I'm over here. Sometimes he's in Philly. He's remarried. He's running around all the time. I'm running around all the time. My wife and son are running around all the time. I've got responsibilities here. If I can see him once a month and he lives two more years, that's only 24 days I have left with my dad in the next two years. Right. Wow. Make it work, mm. right? My, when, when you have a child, 98% of the time you spend with your child is before they graduate high school. After that, find the time. Um, and, mm. and the last thing is this, uh, as far as family goes with your, with your spouse, with your significant other, with your partner, they're number one. I don't care if it's kids. I don't care if it's moms and dads, your mom and dad, her mom and dad, his mom and dad. It doesn't matter. It starts here. 
right? If we have a partnership, if we have a marriage, it's here. Like nothing is more important than right here, right now. Um, in fact, when we're off this, I've shut down for the night. So, um, in fact, tonight, today, today I got a call. Uh, somebody got tied up on a call. They, they called me at five o'clock tonight. And I was like, I'm very sorry. I just cooked dinner for my wife and I. This is her time. You know, that, that's it. I don't care how much money I'm going to make on this deal. I'll see you tomorrow, man. I love it. Right. There, I love it. That's it. Uh, so now the, the work part of that is this. Mm-hmm. There are going to be vacations. You're, like I was just at the Jersey Shore. I just put together a new CRM for the coaching program. We, we just integrated it all with Facebook, and it's now with Go High Level and all these different programs. So now I've got all of these things coming up, and we just put out this new funnel that we're dealing with. And, you know, and I've, so I have my assistant who was working, Lay, was working on this, you know, and, and she put out this thing, and it's ding, 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 and my phone's going, and I'm answering 25, 30 things at a time all weekend long, you know, but I made sure that I was only doing that for like 20 minutes of every hour that we were together because I want to make sure that I'm putting that phone away and sitting there and my toes are in the sand. You know what I mean? Cracking a beer on the beach. My toes are in the sand, enjoying the sun, listening to the water. You got to do that, you know? Love it. Yeah. Um, So it's not a matter of work-life balance because you're never going to be 50-50. There's no way to balance it. It's what's more important at the time and make sure you're blocking time off for the things that are important. I, uh, listen, I am, uh, first of all, I, at first I was, I was, I like, I was surprised that you, your son was ICU nurse and he's a, he's doing the, the thing at Temple. I was like, man, there's no way he's doing both of those things, which may or may not be the case. But either way, the apple clearly doesn't fall far from the tree. And it's, it's just, I say this all the time and I tell my friends this and I tell any listener who will hear me out or any viewer who will see it. There is a balance somewhere. You're never going to find it. And just like you no. said, it's because life is always moving. The people you're around are developing and evolving. And so are you and so are your business. So it's kind of this, you're doing this all the time. And the fact that you time yeah. block is something that I'm working on and learning now to do with my own household, not just with my wife and my kids, but also with work. Because military, you're in there from eight to normally about five o'clock, four thirty at night, depending on your your work hours and where you work. And even then, you may not touch your phone, so you're not getting anything done. So you have to set aside those two hours. That two hours may be the best for you. Four o'clock in the morning. Hey, suck it up, Buttercup. It's about to be an early morning. Break yeah. out the coffee, right? You got to make it happen. That's it. But it's just the same. Just like you said. You have to break that time out. And I, I constantly think about that. And I think that's huge. That's actually um, solidified quite a few things that I've been thinking about the last few weeks. Um, now, with that said, normally at this part of the show, we do what's called Troop to Task. Hello, hello. Hello, Bud, hello, Bud. Troop to Task, for those who are listening and viewing, is what Bud is going to do. He's going to give you one thing you can do right now to push forward. It could be in real estate. It could be in your personal life. It could be you getting on the ice right now and going to skate and, and play, figuring out how to play hockey by the weekend. Whatever it is, Bud's going to give it to you. So, Bud, the floor is yours. What is this week's troop to task? Yeah, depending on where you're starting. So let's say this. Um, if you haven't l- – let me just say, if you haven't downloaded Audible, do that now. If you're not reading one book a month or listening to one book a month, you're doing it wrong. Um, I would definitely recommend that there are 30 books that I could recommend right now, but if you are already established and you are starting your, your business right now, read traction by Gino Wickman. Um, check that out. Talk about, look at the EOS model. 
if you are running a business uh, and you are a solopreneur, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to find yourself becoming more organized. I love it. And I'll, I'll give you a bonus, ladies and gentlemen, a bonus book for you. I'm making my way through this one right now. It's called The Gap in the Game. The Gap in the oh, Game. Yeah. That book woo, is so good. You'll, you'll thank me later. I'm telling you, check it out. Understand that you are normally in the gap, but you can always put yourself into the game. And when you read it, you'll understand it's all about your perspective. Now, with that said, yeah, but it's been an absolute honor and pleasure. I want to make sure people are able to track you down and get a hold of you. How do people get to talk to you at whatever time or however? Yeah, man, here's a few things. First, uh, at bud.evans, you know what, skip Instagram. I, I'm not I'm not really concentrating on Instagram right now. I do have a lot of stuff that I put up on Instagram, but forget Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, you can DM me through Instagram. That's fine. But I would highly recommend that if you are interested in learning anything about real estate or anything about leadership, jump into two things. First is the Aim High REI. That's Aim High REI, as in the Aim High Real Estate or Network of Real Estate. Yeah, real estate investors, right? The second one is um, the Aim High Podcast dot com the aim high podcast.com and you can always reach out to me by budevans.com and uh, just reach out to me through that aim high podcast shout out to the aim high podcast family who's out there watching and listening um i am part of the aim high podcast family so it is a dope podcast i definitely recommend it for anybody and everybody who's listening who's in the military who's in business who's working on mindset whatever it might be it just trust me it's it's like the gap in the game it's all the level of the gap in the game right now so go check it out but now i know i know bud's gotta go and i'm probably gonna hold on to him for like five more minutes after this but i'm gonna let you guys go remember you're better than you were but you're not half as good as you're gonna be me and bud have enjoyed you guys we love you guys we'll see you soon and make sure you go check out aim high podcast and go leave a review all right i'll see you later